Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of CinemaSoft Underbelly. I'm your host, Eugene Weaver. And if you're listening, then by now you should know that this show is all about horror, exploitation, science fiction, fantasy, those gems in the rough that I am trying to find for you guys. Um, today, I wanted to talk about a couple of upcoming movies that I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, on Blu-ray uh, since, we've last, um, since we've last talked. Um, so, but before I get into that, I'm uh, super excited and I, I remember it was probably, man, it's probably going on a year and a half ago, uh, that I had one of my episodes that was about metal shows and it was because I went to a Slayer concert with my buddy Eric from Movie Freaks up in Cleveland at the Cleveland Agora. And, uh, I recall quite enjoying doing that episode following the uh, concert. Well, I'm happy to report that... Tomorrow night, I am going to be going to see Slayer again, which is, they are probably my second favorite band right behind Metallica, and I'm telling you, when I say right behind Metallica, it's almost like neck and neck. I'm an old school metalhead, and um, they are the epitome of metal, and I I love Tom Araya's voice, and uh, Gary Holt and Carrie King's riffs, I just, everything about that band is what I like in my metal music. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing them and I'm actually seeing, uh, Anthrax for the, uh, I actually saw Anthrax one other time. They're opening up for, uh, for Slayer along with Death Angel at, uh, the, uh, Nautica, well, it used to be Nautica stage. Now it's Jacob's Pavilion up on the river in Cleveland. Uh, but the only other time I've ever seen Anthrax was when they had that other lead singer, and I'm not even going to bother looking up his name. Uh, th- but there was a short period of time, or actually maybe not so short period of time, where they actually had replaced, I think the lead singer's name was Joey Belladonna from uh, Anthrax. I believe that's the lead singer, uh, the original lead singer, and the one that they have, again, who is, he is Anthrax. Him and Scotty Ian are Anthrax. So I'm almost as excited for Anthrax as I am uh, Slayer, because Anthrax is one of the most iconic thrash metal bands of all time, and for them to be playing a bill with Slayer, that is great. And Slayer, they're all, uh, these guys are not getting any younger, and especially with this kind of music, um, you know, you never know when the last, when their last, when their last uh, run of concerts is going to be, so because they're my favorite, one of my favorites, I've, I've got to go check the show out. Complicating matters, though, for those of you that may be interested, unless you're fast-forwarding this, is um, a small incident with me uh, at the, uh, the place of business uh, that I work at up in Akron. I uh, slipped on a step, fell, and sprained my ankle. And that's not a good thing to have happen several days before a metal show, especially if you're thinking about getting fairly close to the stage. And uh, if you've been to any of these types of shows, you know what they're like, you know what to expect. That complicates things immensely. So um, I've been taking it easy and exercising my foot some. And I'll probably be the old timer on the side staying uh, a, a bit farther away from the uh, the mayhem that is a mosh pit for Slayer and Anthrax. But regardless, I'm really excited to be going to this show. And I'm sure I'll be reporting back on this podcast about how it all went down. For some reason, I, don't, I kind of 
think that that type, that genre of music uh, kind of fits into the movies that I like to talk about. Uh, just, you know, I, granted, I understand that Rob Zombie is no nothing like Slayer, but it just there's this certain persona, I guess, that comes with this type of music that it just fits perfectly well into the... Uh, the horror genre. And another cool thing, especially with Slayer, is they've come out with three videos on their latest album, Repentless, which I highly, highly suggest picking up if you're into this type of music. Uh, they are, for, these guys aren't that young anymore, but they sound fantastic. Uh, almost every single track on the new album is just blistering, awesome, thrash goodness. But they've had uh, three different music videos, all done by uh I believe various directors that have worked in, on horror movies and the three videos they kind of all go together kind of to me I've watched them all numerous times they don't quite make sense but it's you know there's a whole deal with prison and a prison riot and there's a lot of murder uh, some of it fake some of it quite quite well done and gory and the songs that they've picked are fantastic to play but at this point, they've actually, now that I think about it, they've had like five songs off of their new album that they've had videos for. And other than one that's a slower song that it's okay, but uh, I'm more into the lean, mean, three-minute-long Slayer songs that uh, pack a punch. Uh, anyway, that's uh, whatever. Um, but I'm really looking forward to the concert. And if all goes as planned and my foot keeps healing, I should be good to go. I'm just not going to be doing any... Uh, any hardcore moshing or anything like that. So let's get into movies, shall we? So a uh, couple things here um, since I've last talked. I'm going to try to keep some of these very, very brief because uh, we are going to actually several hours from now, our Movie Freaks podcast taping will commence and we're doing a big segment on David Cronenberg. Well, because of that, I've been watching a ton of David Cronenberg movies, which, of course, fit perfectly on my show, but I don't want to spoil uh, the fun too much uh, with that. Needless to say, I do have my list of uh, best to, I don't want to say worst, but best to least favorite of the Cronenbergs. There's only like two David Cronenbergs that I flat out don't like, and one of them I think is just a personal... Uh, just my personality. The other one I think flat out sucks. Um, the other one is just not really for me, but I can see the artistic merit in it and I can see why people would like it. But there is one, uh, Cosmopolis actually. It, I didn't get it at all and I can't imagine. I'm sure that there's people out there that quite enjoy it, but I, I hated that movie. Uh, in fact, I don't believe I, if I did get through it, I don't remember anything about the last half um, other than... Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, the, the Twilight guy, who is admittedly a pretty good actor, but um, he's in a limousine and just random people come in and out of the limousine as he's driving in New York City in rush hour or something like that, and it's awful. Just just awful, and I thought that was just utterly pretentious, and I'm, I am... Having said that, I haven't seen... There's a, there's a few other David Cronenbergs that I have not seen, but again, I don't want to delve too much into his stuff because uh, stay tuned for a really, really fun, in-depth look at David Cronenberg's career on Movie Freaks heading your way soon. So um, there are a couple that I could still chime in on. And um, 
some that I'm going to be watching really soon. In fact, I got a bundle of movies from Screen Archives, uh, which is a niche kind of boutique online ordering company that you can you can buy. Uh, I don't want to say harder to find Blu-rays, but just movies that are not quite as mainstream, I guess you could say. Well, they did a, a sale on Code Red and Scorpion titles, and I have talked about Scorpion Code Red uh, time and time and time again on my show, and I'm going to talk about them again a little bit because they are – actually, I'm going to rephrase that. Code Red, at this point, uh, since I first mentioned Code Red on my show, Code Red has pretty much – become the go-to releasing company and this is this is crazy uh they are really they're releasing more stuff he uh code red bill is releasing more stuff on blu-ray than any other company working today as far as the little boutique labels such as blue underground and grindhouse arrow arrow still pumps them out pretty good so does scream factory but i gotta say uh bill from code red is announcing titles Sometimes it seems like on a daily basis he's announcing new titles. There has been so many movies that this guy is is releasing and getting the rights to, and it's really, really impressive. Well, anyway, Screen Archives did a sale, and Code Red titles are not cheap. They're not. And if you're a collector, that's just part of that's just part of this this uh, this little hobby that we have is. You know if you're going to buy a Code Red title and a Scorpion title at this point. Scorpion used to be a bit cheaper. But if you're going to buy a, Sco- a, a Scorpion or Code Red Blu-ray, uh, you're, going to, you're going to plop down with shipping somewhere between 25 to 30 sometimes over $30. And that's just the way it is. If you want these movies, that's what it's going to cost to get them. The end. And if you can get past that, there is some true gems out there that are – some of them are definitely worth the money. Actually, let me rephrase that. Actually, all of them are worth the money because these things are in pretty high demand. Some of them are sold are completely out of print, sold out, and they go for quite a bit on uh, eBay, which Mr. Bill from Code Red doesn't much like when people do. But that's you know that's part of that's that's capitalism in the United States, I guess. There's there's hoarders out there that like to pick these things up and then offload them on eBay and make a profit. That's the way it is. But uh, there are some true gems. Uh, there's only a few. Actually, there was two of them that I had that I disliked so much that I actually sold. I wish I wouldn't have just because of the company that's releasing them. I should have held on to them. Um, but regardless, the, the ones that I just got in the mail and I'm really looking forward to watching these is uh, is The Devastator. And The Devastator came out in 1986, 79 minutes long. And uh, this wars in our own backyard. Violent warfare erupts in Northern California when Vietnam vet Deacon Porter reassembles his combat strike force to avenge the death of a commanding officer. Um, directed by uh, Sirio H. Santiago. I be- believe that all of these might be from the same director, the- this three-pack. Yeah, they are. Uh, the next one is Dune Warriors from 1991. And this one here is, uh, it stars David Carradine, the one, the only. After the end of the world, Earth is a thirsty planet ruled by vicious warlords. One woman is brave enough to fight back. She bands together five warriors to save her town and their precious water. Uh, the, the cover is impossibly awesome on this thing. And uh, from the 
The sounds of the back cover, there's like 15 added minutes in this thing. This is a Roger Corman production. I'm not sure. I, I'm, I know this one is, and the next one I'm going to talk about, I believe, is too. I'm not sure about The Devastator. Uh, but the last one is from 1986, and that movie is called Silk. Uh, the four-letter word for steaming nonstop action is what the cover of the Blu-ray says. And it's some cheesy-looking 80s lady um, uh, in a bra holding a huge magnum gun, and it looks awesome. Uh, Silk, the toughest cop in Honolulu, busts small-time smugglers only to reveal a larger syndicate smuggling Asian mobster uh, into the States by buying the identities of Hawaiian citizens. Directed by... Sirio uh, H. Santiago. There you go. So, anyway, those are the three that I just got from Code Red. Those uh, were released last December, so it's not like they're brand new stuff from Code Red. However, uh, the deal was 20% off. And let me tell you what, uh, 20% off of a price tag of close to $60, actually, and that's another thing, is sometimes they will bundle, Bill will bundle his movies uh, in three packs and give you a quote-unquote discount. This was the case for the Devastator Dune Warriors in Silk. Uh, so there was already a discount applied to these this three-pack and then add on to another 20%. Uh, for a Code Red three-pack, that is the mother of all deals if you're into this kind of thing. Now, some other ones that are coming out here really soon, boy, there's so many awesome-looking movies that... Uh, that Code Red is releasing so many. Uh, Mark of the Witch, Seven Bloodstained Orchids, which Seven Bloodstained Orchids is a bit of a bigger, more high-profile giallo from 1972. That's an Umberto Lenzi movie. Uh, that one there, along with House on the Edge of the Park, are two of the biggest profile movies that Bill has got to release. And there's other ones that I haven't, I've never heard of. And the cover art alone is so good that I will immediately be buying these movies. Uh, Iron Master is one of them. All you need to do is go to Blu-ray.com and uh, go onto the forums, click Studios and Distributors, and click on Code Red. And on the first page of that thread is a full listing of everything that Code Red has come out with. And just look at all the covers for these movies. They are incredible. I mean, they are incredible. Uh, And that's one of them that looks impossibly cool is this Iron Master and right below it is one called Screams of a Winter Night and I believe that's an anthology movie and I'm a huge fan of the anthology movie if you don't know what an anthology movie is which you should if you listen to this show it's a series of short movies strung together usually by an interweaving there's like usually an interweaving storyline like um, Tales from the Crypt is a great example so you got the Crypt Keeper and he's He's got these people trapped in his dungeon, and there are the stories that unfold. VHS is another great, more modern series that does it so well, where uh, each VHS videotape holds another short story, and the the whole wraparound deal is... Anyway, there you go. That's an anthology. Uh, But anyway, Screams of the Winter Night is, I believe, another anthology movie. And uh, Code Red actually is going to be releasing Mind Ripper, which is The Hills Have Eyes Part 3, starring Lance Henriksen. Um, they're actually going to be using the title Hills Have Eyes Part 3. It went, uh, originally when it was released, it went under Mind Ripper. But uh, they're going to be using the Hills Have Eyes Part 3 title, which I think that they should because I think that that's going to sell more copies. Me being one of them. So anyway, that, seriously, go on to uh, Blu-ray's site and, and look at all these different awesome, awesome Movies coming out, and there's various ways that you can pick up 
uh, Bill's stuff. You can either do it through his own big cartel site, which there's a link uh, right above all of these Blu-rays. You can click on it, and it takes you directly to his site. Screen Archives is another way you can get some of his titles. I have a hunch that with this deal that Screen Archives is doing with Scorpion and Code Red titles, I wonder if they're going to be getting out of the game. They might be, uh, they might be closing shop on uh, Code Red. Don't take that from me. Literally, I don't, I don't know. But to have a deal like that, a sale like that, that's a, a bit odd. Um, Diabolic DVD is another way that you can get some Code Red goodness. So those are the three ways to get them. I highly recommend it because they've got some fantastic stuff out there. Just don't expect Grindhouse level, Grindhouse releasing level uh, movies. I think the transfers and special features have gotten better on his movies, but Grindhouse to me is like the epitome of of what could what can be done on blue on the Blu-ray format as far as all the bells and whistles, even more so than Criterion, and I've, I'm beating a dead horse here. I've talked about this time and time again, so I, I don't want to spend too much more time on it. But uh, anyway, it, there, there's so much great stuff. Uh, the long, a Long Ride from Hell is some cool-looking Western that they're coming out with. Mardi Gras Massacre has just been released. Mission Kill, Black Candles. Uh, some of these I believe I've probably even mentioned uh already um beyond the door which i didn't much care for i did a rewatch on that on dvd and i I didn't really like that one for an exorcist type ripoff uh so anyway there you go uh now i want to jump to something a bit more serious uh, movie that i watched and the reason i'm doing this is i might uh talk about it just a little bit on uh on movie freaks but the way our show goes at this point it it's such heavy subject matter that I don't want to. I don't like to spend too much time on those because our show is a bit more funny, and I know we can get serious, but you know, and when we start drinking and it gets funny, and then once you hit a really serious topic or a serious beat, it's like nah. So I want to talk about this movie just briefly, and it doesn't really fit my show, but I I feel like it's almost my duty to bring this movie or at least talk about this movie a bit on my podcast, and that is 2015's Son of Saul. I've been wanting to watch this movie for a long, long time. I was actually hoping that we were going to get this movie at the theater that I work at, but we were not able to for one reason or another. So um, it came out on streaming and Blu-ray, and I was able to watch the movie. And um, the reason that I wanted to talk about it on my show just a bit is the style of filmmaking that it is. Now, this movie got pretty much universally praised. Uh, It won numerous awards, including, I think, uh, I want to say Oscar for Best Foreign Film at the uh, Oscars. Um, Here's the deal with this movie. This is a a movie about um, Soda Soda Commando in uh, Auschwitz. And uh, that is a Jewish person that his task with uh, filing in uh, more victims into the gas chambers, stripping them of their clothes, and then cleaning out the dead bodies and burning, burning the evidence. Or in this movie, as they, as the Nazis call them, pieces, disposing of the pieces. Uh, so th- every now and then you'll see a movie that does something different. Uh, there's been numerous movies about the Holocaust this type of subject matter. The other one that I can think of off the top of my head is The Gray Zone, which is a fantastic movie. You should really check that one out. Starring, um, oh boy, um, 
Harvey Keitel, he's a Nazi in it. A fantastic movie. But uh, Son of Saul follows a one of these uh, sort of commandos that um, he's cleaning out the gas chamber after one of the gassings and he notices a young boy that has survived the gas chamber. And he, he in his mind believes this boy to be his illegitimate son. Well, very shortly after they find this boy still alive, um, he is executed. Because uh, no, as we all know, very few people, very few Nazi, or very few uh, uh, Jewish people survived the death camps, especially Auschwitz. And so, this whole movie is about this man trying to find a rabbi and take back this body from the Nazis and give him a proper uh, burial, which is. Uh, it's such a strange story uh, because the whole way through, I'm like, he he already knows he's dead meat. He this guy already knows it's only a matter of days or hours until he himself is executed, li- liquidated, and yet he goes above and beyond, risking his life trying to find a rabbi to give a proper burial for this uh, deceased child that he's taken for his own, and it's heartbreaking. Now, here is what's so interesting about this movie is the way it's shot. It is the, uh, the aspect ratio of this movie is the... And I don't have it pulled up in front of me like I should. Uh, it is shot on film. Um, the aspect ratio. There you go. It's 1.37 uh, aspect ratio. Filmed on 35 millimeter. And that is the... Uh, pretty much full screen aspect ratio and you're wondering why in a story like this would you have that well when you watch the movie you'll find out uh, the camera is pretty much following him the entire time and by following him and we're talking like over his shoulder or tight up on his face uh, there's only 88 different shots in this movie the movie's an hour and 46 minutes and there's only 88 different uh, different shots, which means that the takes are very, very long in this movie. Um, so that being said, everything is a very shallow depth of field. So there's all sorts of screaming and horrible stuff going on in this concentration camp, obviously. And you hear it and you kind of see it. Uh, just glimpses because you're seeing, you're just peering through this man's eyes for the runtime of this movie, which takes place over, I want to say, a day, maybe. Um, not until the final, uh, final last, I would say, maybe 15 minutes of the movie does it get a bit more wide in scope uh, as far as what's going on. But up until then, tight on this guy. It at first was a bit distracting because I'm like, come on, I want to see more. I want to see what's what's out of frame here that should be in frame. But it gives the viewer almost a dis- – you're almost as disjointed as he is in the movie. And so I understand why they did it is you can't see everything and it's just a jumble of dogs barking and soldiers in the distance yelling and gunfire and screaming and every now and then you hear a baby crying and it's just uh, – but it really, really, really works and it's very, very effective. Um, this is not one I – mean, this is like Schindler's List and The Gray Zone um, – and I would even go so far as to say Shoah, which is my the best documentary I think that has ever been made. 
about the Holocaust. This one definitely is right up there, but it's not one that I'm going to be revisiting anytime soon. And I, I please forgive me if I didn't say anything quite right with this, as far as like the pronunciations, like uh, the I always have been saying Soderkommando, but it might be the Sonderkommando or Sonderkommando. I just I don't want to. This is kind of sensitive, more sensitive subject matter, so I like to be right uh, on this. But anyway, the movie is quite something. Um, you won't always be able to quite follow what's going on, and it's meant to be that way. It's meant to be uh, that these people are on their, they're hopeless, and they're trying to find hope in a hopeless situation, and we as an audience are uh, right there with them in the thick of this. Uh, so anyway, I would highly uh, advise checking the movie out, either renting it on streaming or buying it on Blu-ray. It's definitely worth uh, the watch. And um, there, I got that review done. That way I'm not going to talk about it. I might make mention of it on Movie Freaks, but that way it's uh, this is not something that I wanted to talk as much about on, uh, on Movie Freaks. So um, anyway, other stuff uh, that I'm going to be revisiting here real soon. Uh, I want to give the Green Inferno, Eli Roth's Green Inferno, another whirl. I got it on Blu-ray for really cheap, actually. And I want to give that one another go. I watched that in the theaters and remember wanting to like it so bad that I gave it a positive review, even though uh, the first 30 minutes to 45 minutes, I was like, oh, this dialogue is just awful. I want to give that one another watch and see where I fall on, on a rewatch on that one. And the same goes for Jennifer's Body. I bought this thing for $2, so don't yell. I know that most people don't like Jennifer's Body, uh, but for 2 bucks on Blu-ray, I'm like, you know, maybe it might be better than I remember, but I doubt it because I'm remembering dialogue that I despised and I remember it being way too long. We shall see, but I am gonna def- I'm gonna definitely give that one a rewatch. Uh, and on top of that, I have Scream Factories, Deathstalker one and two double feature on Blu-ray. Very very limited release. Probably is going to sell out. I wasn't going to buy this because I have the DVDs, but I saw that their numbers were getting extremely low for the Blu-ray, so I had to pick it up because that's me. That's what I do. Uh, but. Looking forward to revisiting those in high definition. I hear that the transfers are very, very good. Deathstalker 2 is infamous uh, as the Jim Wynorski-directed entry that is just hilarious. And it is, trust me. Uh, But they're both really, really fun, cool Conan ripoffs. And I'm looking forward to revisiting those. Uh, Probably talked about them on my show already. I don't know. I've got so many shows under the belt, I sometimes forget what I've talked about and what I haven't. Guessing that Deathstalker was in there somewhere. So, anyway, uh, I'm going to wrap things up now. Uh, stay tuned, please, for another episode of Movie Freaks. And um, you can find me on Facebook. Just do a search, all that good stuff. Uh, Cinema's uh, Soft Underbelly. Find my friends, Cinema Sidekicks, as well on iTunes and Facebook and all that good stuff. And uh, you can get a hold of me at Eugene Weaver at hotmail.com for any questions or comments or any other random whatever you want to chit-chat about. I'm always all ears for movies that you think I should watch or movies I should stay away from and all that good stuff. Uh, What else? That's it. I'm done. Till next time. Thanks for listening. Bye.